So, Mike, today is a momentous occasion. Do you know what today is? You're talking about what the UPS driver just dropped off at your house, right? Uh, well, it was a Amazon Prime driver, but yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sometimes they send those trucks out. I forgot. There, there's like a billion of these Amazon trucks around here, I swear, because we actually, where I live, we have a Amazon facility, and they're also, they're building a second one, like, coming up soon. So I'm like, these things are just going to be taking over the world. I see them around here from time to time. But yeah, so I uh, I got my PS5 finally today. Yay! Ah, uh, we were, yeah, we've been trying to get one for a while now, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like us and everybody else. So I, I just got extremely lucky that I was up one night with this last Amazon drop. And it was like they dropped the stock in like the middle of the night, like 3.30 a.m., it was three a.m. It was, and then they did a restock at three thirty a.m. Yeah. Like a, a second, a second drop at three thirty a.m. Oh my god, that's bullshit! Actually, technically, that's it was bullshit. like three twenty, like three fifteen, three twenty. Oh, okay. But yeah, so I jumped on that shit immediately. I was like, boom, 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 got in there, like, ah, and then the first time I clicked add to cart, it uh, it didn't go through. And I just kept clicking it over and over and over and over and over. And I'm like, please, <laughs> please. Oh, God, I'd be freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so I went under the comments of Twitter and people were like, oh, try uh, like adding it to your list and then do it through there. So I already had it saved under my list. So I just went through that instead, instead of clicking the link on Twitter. And uh, yeah, it went through, and my heart was pounding. I could not believe it. I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" I'm getting one, and then I finally, I didn't even look at the shipping options or anything. I just made sure the address was right, and I just, I checked oh, out. So at that point, I just be like, I just be hitting checkout. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Is it going to the wrong address? Well, I'll fix that <laughs> once it's going. I get confirm the order. <laughs> one of my friends is getting a PS5 instead of me because it's going to their address. Yeah, no, and then I just, I didn't even look to see if it was, like, I had a warranty. What If any of that shit came, if five games came with it, I didn't care. I was like, please, just give me this PS5. So, yeah, I've been pretty much just spending the last, like, hour or so with the PS5. It's brand new. Like, I I've barely, I have not played any games on it yet. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Nothing. I've just been going through the menu, just getting used to it. There's there's a lot on the, the UI. There's a lot of boxes. <laughs> It's a little bit overwhelming. Uh, I actually I got used to the PS5. So I thought I was going to really hate it, but um, it's not that bad. The problem with it is, you know, is finding certain things like the trophies. Oh, that's a whole other discussion right there. I'm not going to get into it, but just navigating and looking at your trophies on the PS5 is a pain in the ass. Everybody's right. I don't like it at all. They have to change it. One thing I'll say I love over the PS4 is the the UI is not laggy at all. Like everything is super smooth and quick. Quick. Boom, boom. Go to the settings. Boom, you're there. Want to go back to the dashboard? Boom, you're there. It's, yeah, it's, everything is super fast on the console. That's what I love about it. Because I've, I've never owned a gaming PC, you know, with, with you know, with all the bells and whistles inside it. This is a nice, nice upgrade. And this is, and I'm coming off of the uh, the base PS4. And I, I was coming off a of slim, so you know, a little bit better than a uh, base, but not by much. Um, so yeah, in the controller. I have not experienced any of the haptic feedback or anything like that yet, so I'm really excited to try that. But as far as just the the feel of the controller in your hands, it's probably one of the best I've ever felt. I mean, it it feels to me it feels like a closer to a Xbox controller, but just set up like a PlayStation controller. 
if that makes any sense. No, no, it does. No, it makes perfect sense. Because <clears throat> it's it's just slightly thicker than a PS4 controller. Not by much. I think it's it's just very minimal. I'm going to grab mine. Yeah, do that. Yeah. The, the buttons feel so good to press. Like, just, I don't know. It just feels really, really good in your hands. Well, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, everybody's hands are different. You know, some people got small, big, medium-sized hands. For me, it's, it's perfect. Way more comfortable than the DualShock 4. And I love the DualShock 4 controller. And then, of course, my PS3 over there, the DualShock 3 controllers, they feel like Fisher-Price. <laughs> I, I still love the PS3, but those controllers feel like shit. Yeah. It's acceptable. It gets the job done, but yeah, whatever. But yeah, this feels very expensive, this controller. You get that feeling immediately when it's in your hands. Like, this isn't cheap. Yeah, it's a fantastic controller. It's it's definitely, you know, it's definitely my favorite one I've ever owned. And I'm not just saying that. I'm not a Sony fanboy or anything, you know. I was just making fun of the PS3 controllers. So. <laughs> but it just feels so damn good. I, 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 love, I love the feel of it. Yeah, you really, you can't explain it. You just have to have it in your hands. It just feels nice. It really does feel expensive, like you were saying. Let's jump over to, to you because you also, <clears throat> you got your PS5, what, like a couple weeks ago? Yeah. So whereas I'm more of a novice with it right now, you've spent a, a little bit of time with it. So you've you've actually experienced the the, the haptic feedback and adaptive triggers, oh, yeah. and you've played some games on it. So like, how does that feel? I gotta I gotta talk about the Dual Sense. This thing, it's gonna be very hard for me to put this into words, but the best way I can describe this thing is. It's nothing. Well, first off, it's nothing like you've ever felt before in your hands with with a with a vi- vibrating in the controller. It's not just your typical like pulsing and vibrations. It has that, but what it tries to do is, if you're walk, let's say like an Astrobot's play- playroom, which is amazing, by the way. I just beat it, platinum it. I love oh, it. Nice. It shouldn't be that good, it, it, but it's like really, really good. I could see why it has like an eighty-five or an eighty-six on Metacritic. It's fantastic. But like in that game. When you're the little astrobot and he's walking around certain areas, when he's walking on top of glass, the controller tr- makes it feel like you can feel like this little tingling. Like, I can't really, it's like, it feels like a little metal, like, stat, like, poking. That's crazy. None of this hurts, by the way. If anything, that the controller, it feels like it's massaging my hand when it's doing all kinds of different things. Now, when there's like a gust of wind, the controller actually tries to mimic that. It tries to, it feels like there's wind. Going through the yeah, controller. You can't like, even really explain that because that doesn't make sense. It doesn't until you try it. When I've heard somebody say this, I'm like, how the hell does it do that? Like, that doesn't even, like, my brain can't even compute all that. I was like, but once I got my hands on it, then I was like, oh, oh, this is different. The controller really does try to mimic everything that's going on. At least in Astrobot, that's the one that's showing you how to do everything with the controller. So it's going more crazier than that some of the games you're going to be playing probably later on. When you're going through grass, feels like you're going through. It's like a, like a swishing kind of like feel when you're. Now none of this is intense on your hand. It's actually I, I was kind of worried about that. I thought it would be like way too much vibration going on in my hand. No, it's it's very relaxing. It's very it's not too strong, but it's not too um faint. So it, it's a nice balance. And I have it actually on max. I put it on max in the settings just to see how it would feel. It doesn't. It, there's, it's not crazy i thought i would actually hate it over time but i it's not the case that blew me away more than the system itself the system yeah it's fast it's you know it could do this it could do that but when i got that when i had that controller in my hand i was like this is this is this is next gen when people say the, the control is more next gen than the console i mean that, that might be going a little bit too far but 
I, I, I completely understand what people are saying now. I did download Astro's Playroom, and I, I downloaded the, what's the other one? Astrobot Rescue Mission? Yeah. Downloaded that. Um, I can't wait to play those. If it wasn't so late tonight, I would jump on right after the podcast. But I think I'm going to do that tomorrow. Like tomorrow, just like don't even don't even try to contact me because I'm just going to be playing all the games on PS5. Which, which, by the way, do you have any recommendations? Because, like, some older games I've already played that would be good to go back and play with PS5 enhancements. I, I can't give you too many recommendations right now because I haven't really played any PS4 games on my 5 yet. I think the only game I played on there recently, and this is not a good, ex- this is not a good game to, to say, oh, I got to see how it runs on the PS5 is Republic Commando. But, you know, <laughs> but I've heard, you know, the, the Witcher 3 you know, cuts the load times down dramatically in that. The the one I had in mind was Control, because, you know, we have the Control Deluxe Edition that we got with, a, I think it was in February for with PS Plus. But just because of the, first of all, I want to see the frame rate, the 60 frames, um, with all those, like, physics, physics things going on in that game, you know, and all the combat and stuff. And not to mention the ray tracing. Like, that, I've heard that is one of the best games for ray tracing. So I'm thinking I'm like download control. There is one game. There is one game. You get you got to play the Spider-Man remaster. Oh yeah, for sure. And Miles Morales. It really shows off all the ray tracing and all the shit that the PS5 can do. It's oh god, I love it. Wasn't there also like a PS5 update recently for God of War? That seems like that would be a great game. Runs I think it runs at 60 frames per second now, yeah. Uh and then The Last of Us Part 2. That probably looked amazing. I don't think it has a PS5 patch yet. It, I mean, that game looks like a PS5 game, though. It so. does. It already looks like a PS5 game. Actually looks better than some PS5 games that are out right now. Oh, so. yeah, for sure. But yeah, I might as well just uh, briefly mention how I got my console. Um, I got mine during the March 26th Best Buy drop. That, that was very nerve-wracking because when I um, because, because how it works with Best Buy is uh, you have to wait for it to turn yellow to hit add to cart and if you're fast enough it'll say please wait if it says please wait you can't refresh the page you have to wait for it to hit yellow again then you hit it again immediately and then it's in your cart now what made everything so nerve-wracking is it asked me well it told me that it, it needed to send me like a, a security text code and i'm like oh god no like that said i'm screwed because <laughs> it took like three minutes to get all of that done and then, then there's captures and all that shit. And I'm just like, there's just no way I'm I'm, I'm screwed now because they're bots and everybody else probably bought it. It's all gone. But no, it was still in the cart. So that proves there's got to be some sort of a five minute. We'll hold this for five minute thing on Best Buy. But you know, I was able to check out, and uh, about two weeks later, yeah, it took that long. It was delivered to my store. Went to go pick it up. Now this was kind of funny. When I walked in there, I went to the uh, the pickup section. I, I showed the guy like what I was there to pick up. I showed him my phone. Didn't say it was the PS5 because I didn't want to get anybody in the store excited around me. He looked at it. He was like, he's like, oh, okay. I'll go get it. So he goes around the back. He gets it. As he puts it on the counter, the people behind me are like, oh, look, it's the PS5. He's got the P-. And, and then immediately the guy went on his headset and got the two employees uh, by the front door to come over and then you know, I finished my transaction and then he told them to, to to walk me out literally to escort me out of the building but it was just funny just being walked out of there like I was 
someone special or you know, had like Secret Service or some bodyguards or something. It was very funny, but that's just how it is. I mean, there's people stealing this shit left and right. You got like UPS drivers stealing it. You got people at Walmart, employees at Walmart hiding PS5s, all kinds of crazy stories. So, you know, I, I understand why they're doing that now. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's how I got mine. I'm glad you got yours, uh, you know, safely. That I'm glad the driver didn't do any shady shit. Yeah, I know. was afraid the driver was going to swipe it. So I guess now would probably be a good time to intro our show because people are probably listening, wondering, like, who the hell are these people? <laughs> yeah, that's right. We got to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Welcome, everybody, to the Boundless Gamers podcast. Uh, this is our very first episode, so we're pretty excited about that. And uh, my name is Jacques, and my co-host over there is Mike, my uh, co-op partner, if you will. Yeah. We don't really play a lot of co-op games. We, but, we uh, don't. We are playing one currently, which we'll talk about later on the podcast. That's right. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, this is uh, just a podcast about games. Just two buddies talking about games. Uh, the thing we love most. And uh, nothing special. Um, you won't be getting any uh, news sections from us because there's plenty of podcasts out there that go over all that shit. So now that's not to say we won't ever mention things that are happening in the news. Like if it's if it's relevant yeah. or we feel yeah. like talking about it. If it's a huge, massive story, like if Microsoft buys, you know, Sony, probably going to talk about that. Like, you know, if, you know, when uh, Microsoft just bought Bethesda, that's something that we might discuss. But other than that, yeah, it's uh, we'll, we'll go over the format and things in, uh, shortly here, but I'll uh, continue introing this podcast. Uh, we do have social medias. Uh, we, on, we're we on Twitter and Instagram right now. I don't know if we'll branch out in the future, but those are what we have right now. And you can find us at Boundless Gamers on both. And I would also like to make a quick mention of the wonderful lady who did our fine art that you've probably seen, uh, Ashley Carroll. And you can find her on Instagram and Twitter at Misinfected. Uh, she does a lot of kick-ass art. Like, just go over and check her out. And But, uh, yeah, she's awesome. So we just want to thank her for the art that she did for us. Yeah, so, like, I'll just go ahead and just tell a little bit more about myself, and then I'll throw it over to Mike, and he can do the same. Uh, yeah, so I'm Jacques, as I've said. Uh, I'm 36 years old, and I'm originally from Detroit. Uh, I currently reside in the suburbs of Detroit. And, um, yeah, I've pretty much been gaming my entire life. Uh, is, my first console was the NES, and, um, yeah, I've been playing ever since then. And uh, we we will get more into that in a second, but I'll go ahead and throw it over to Mike so he can just give a little intro for himself. Yeah, uh, I'm a hairy Italian... 31 year old and uh you know i've lived on long island pretty much my entire life i was born in the bronx you know i was we moved to long island when i was like not even one so pretty much raised my entire life here but yeah i mean i've been gaming since i can remember you know the first game i remember remember ever seeing or playing was sonic the hedgehog um which is weird because i not really uh, too associated with the Sega Genesis, but that's my first gaming memory. That's as far back as I can remember. There's more I can uh, talk about at a later time, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. 
So yeah, so uh, this is the Boundless Gamers podcast, and I'll just go ahead and explain a little bit about what that is going to entail going forward. First of all, the inception of this uh, came about because, well, first of all, Mike's been kind of, you know, bothering me, (laughs) begging me for a while to do a podcast. Long, long time. Yeah, I was just not ready to do one because I was going through depression. Yay, that's always fun. Not an excuse. No, don't want to hear it. Excuses. Yeah, it really is an excuse. So, god damn. It is. It is. No, no. I, I, I experienced that too, and I completely understand. I, I'm sure many of our listeners uh, have or are currently going through that. And if you are, I'm not going to uh, say it gets better or things like that. Because I don't know you or your situation, but I will say, if you would like to talk to me and vent, my DMs are open, I think. Let me check. Yeah, my DMs are open. Uh, I will listen. I'm a really good listener. I I have a lot of experience with mental illness, so uh, I maybe could help you a little bit. But anyway, this is not a mental illness podcast. Maybe we will talk about that at some point in a future podcast and how it relates to video games. Yeah, there is a good topic, actually, because there's a lot of games that deal with mental illness, like uh, uh, Hellblade is one that comes to mind. Yeah, so anyway, let me get back to what I was saying before I get too far off course. Uh, Yeah, so, you know, Mike had been begging me and I just wasn't ready. And, uh, you know, the last few years I've been working on myself and improving my life and everything like that. So, I am a much more positive person now. I'm doing pretty well, much better at managing my mental illness. So I was like, you know, one day I was just like, yeah, Mike, I think we should do a podcast. Like it was my idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's fine. As long as we do it, you can, you can say it was you. That's fine. Yeah. Well, let the record show it was Jacques who came up with the, you know. No, no, no. We're not going to rewrite history. Let's just say it was both of our ideas, <laughs> but... um. That's fair. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We'll when go we with were that. both ready, that's when it came to fruition. So I was like, yeah. And then I just, you know, we know pretty much next to nothing about um, actually starting a podcast. Don't expect a train wreck. That's, he's just, that's what he's trying to say. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Expect a train wreck for a while. We're still getting the hang of it. And so well, Mike does have a few years experience doing YouTube. He had his own channel, Michael the Ply. So he does have some uh, editing experience and, you know, being on camera, things like that. Um, Yeah, about five years. Yeah. So he is the one doing all the editing uh, for this podcast. So if the editing sucks, blame him. That's true. Yeah. You can only blame me. There's nobody else behind me editing. Something's terrible in the audio department. That's all on me. Uh, Yes. So we have little experience. But I was like, you know, let me go on Google and figure out how to do this shit. So I researched a little bit. I found, first of all, I wanted to take care of mics. You got to have good mics. Sound is of the utmost importance. So I believe, what do we have? We have like the Audio Technica ATX something, something. ATR uh, 2100X something, blah, 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 blah. I don't don't know. We'll go with that. (laughs) So I got a couple mics, uh, sent one to Mike, I have one, and uh, I'm pretty happy with them, to be honest. That was awesome of you, by the way. Thank you oh, so yeah, much. Don't, yeah, don't even worry about it. But yeah, I'm pretty happy with them. for Because I, I, in my research, I found that they are like the best bang for your buck. 
So, and honestly, from using them, I'd have to say that's true. We're going to sound way better than we should, hopefully. If not, it's blame Mike, the editing. It's all his fault. I mean, I, you don't want to sound like you're a drive through uh, speaker. <laughs> you don't want that. So you got to get something at least halfway decent. You don't want to sound like that. I would I would like uh, a number one, just make sure you put extra sauce on it. I, if you put any tomato on there, I'm going to jump through the window and strangle you. All right. Anyway. <laughs> you, that, that sounded perfect, by the way. You sounded just like one of those things. So. Kind of, you know what it kind of sounded like is, uh, what is it, Ch- uh, Charlie Brown, the adults, when they're just like, wah, 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 wah. So, yeah. So, we got the mics taken care of. And then after that, um, I was like, okay, we need some intro music. You know, we don't need it, but I was like, okay, I want some intro music. So... Um, you know, I, I know how to play guitar, like, you know, not well, like mediocre, I would say I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a trained musician. Like I'm self-taught. I've never been professionally trained by anybody. So I was like, ah, let me just try to come up with something. You know, I just got a, um, a new amp cause Mike and some of my other friends, George and, um, Jason, they were, they were kind enough to uh, get me some Amazon gift cards and I was able to buy this amp. So I got that and I can just hook it right into my laptop. So I was like, ah, let me just kind of mess around a little bit and come up with an intro music. So the intro music that you hear, that that's me. That's, you know, it is what it is. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. It sounds like it's from like Life is Strange or something. I don't know. And maybe just a little bit of Mass Effect kind of sprinkled in there in that one part where it does that like, wow, I can't mimic it. Yeah. Those are definitely influences <laughs> on me. I love both those games. I love the sounds of those games. So yeah, so we so we got the you know music taken care of, and Mike did a great editing job on that. And uh, yeah, it's all right. I could have done better. Eh, you know, give yourself some credit. I know we both like to beat ourselves up, like we're we're you know masochist or whatever. But eh, we need to learn to give ourselves credit. You know, it's good to build yourself up, not beat yourself down. That's true. That's true. I gotta remember that. I don't remember really much anymore, but I'll just try to remember that. You, you know? got to build that second voice up in your head that is telling you good things, not not bad things. You know, you don't want that voice to be telling you to go kill people. That That's not good. My voice is kind of just speaking in another language. I don't even know what it's saying half the time in my head. That's kind of interesting. So your, your second voice speaks another language? Yeah. It's nothing I recognize. Yeah. Sometimes it just speaks. It just says gibberish. I think that's just the brain frying. Yeah. <laughs> a lack of <laughs> which makes sense because i don't sleep yeah, much it's a lack of sleep it makes a lot of sense your, your second voice is like just starved of sleep it's like oh yeah either that or aliens are trying to bro- contact me or something i don't know it's one or the other that would be pretty sweet yeah let's just go with that let's go with that it's like a, <laughs> a tuner like an antenna for aliens up in there in the universe all right so moving on we <laughs> so the third thing that we needed to do is get some art and uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, Ashley did some awesome art for us. Mike knew, well, Mike knew Ashley's husband, um, Indy. Battlefront days since 2006. Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> Shout out to Indy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Shout out to Indy. I don't think I've ever talked to Indy, but. Uh, uh, you probably did. We all probably did it, you know, at some point in those old days. That's but, true. Uh, we're all kind of migrating in the same lobbies. 
Yeah, we all play. We, we were a part of a clan back in the uh, original Battlefront 2 days, like back in what, like 06? Yeah, be somewhere around there. Yeah. Which we will talk about that in another podcast because that can be a whole entire topic. Yeah, that's a whole topic. Yeah. I know that might have piqued some people's interest. Like, Ooh, Battle, oh, Battlefront did not work. Not, not, not today. That's actually where me and Mike met. So that's going to be an important topic one of these days. But uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, um, Ashley, uh, she. Made that awesome art for us. I uh, worked uh, with her on that, and uh, I'm very, very happy with it. I think it's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Good job, Ashley. And I did want to make a mention, too, that uh, my friend Adam, who maybe he's listening to this, maybe he's not, he also has a podcast called A Bit of the Ultraviolence, and he was kind of an inspiration, too, for me starting this podcast, because I was like, oh, if well, if he can do it, then I'm pretty sure I could probably do it, too. So... You know, here we go. We're doing it. So thanks, Adam, for the inspiration. And also go check out his podcast because it's an awesome fucking podcast. Him and Dustin do this. They basically talk about uh, action movies and horror movies and just break them down, like go into super in-depth into detail. And um, I've been wanting to check that out. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put that on my to-do list. You know, they're on Spotify, right? Oh, yeah. That's where I listen to a lot of my podcasts. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'll do I'll they're do that all later. Around, they're watching. So, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much uh, the inception and how all this shit got started. And um, going forward, we're going to have set things up in a certain format that we've decided on. Now, this podcast is pretty much unscripted. Like, we, it, we're just going off the cuff. Like, it was important for us to not be scripted. Yeah, I'm not reading shit. No, that's not happening. Because we've done, and that's fine if like your podcast is scripted, like that's, you know, you do you, but just for us, um, we've tried, we did months of tests and we did try the scripted route and it just didn't sound right to us. You know, we pretty much just have like a little short outline written down just so I can kind of stay on topic because I'm a little bit ADD and I tend to drift off. So, uh, but other than that, like there's, it's not scripted. There's nothing written down. I'm not reading off of anything and yeah, so we're just we're just a couple of friends just talking, talking about games, having fun, talking about bug snacks. <laughs> I still got to download bug that. snacks. That's a game I did download on PS Five. I still need to. play. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You're probably gonna play it before me, so yeah, just you'll let me know how it is. Okay, I guess. Okay, cool, cool. Oh, by the way, too, I wanted to tell you that I uh, bought It Takes Two on the PS Five. Oh, so nice. that's going to be our next co-op game after the one that we talk about coming up. Fantastic. So, uh, so yeah, our format going forward is pretty much going to be um, where we're doing a cold open like you heard in this podcast where we talked about the PS5. Uh, we, we like the cold open route because it kind of just eases you in a little bit. You know, it's it, it was kind of we did tests where we would like do the proper intro like welcome to the Boundless Gamers podcast. Blah, blah, and it just it didn't sound good. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I, I listen to tons of podcasts that do it. I just don't feel it, you know. Like I said, you know, if you do that, you do you. I listen to plenty of podcasts like that, no problem. But just for me, um, I just, I don't really like doing scripted stuff. I kind of just like doing it off the cuff. Just, it just feels a little more natural. So, well, you know, with the cold open, I just feel like it eases you in a little bit more. It's it's not so jarring. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like walking into a conversation. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, just like, oh, what is this just random ass conversation. Yeah, you, yeah. Know, you gotta do, you gotta do a little bit of foreplay first. You know, you can't just jump right in. You can't just ram it right in. You know, <laughs> you gotta lube up the audience a little bit. You know, 
So we did that. And uh, so we're going to do the cold opens, just like, you know, Saturday Night Live has been doing it for decades. There's a reason for that. Uh, So, yeah, after the cold open, then we're just going to, like, jump into what we're playing for that week. Um, Oh, by the way, yeah, we're going to be doing this weekly. That's the plan. Yeah. Plans change. Shit can happen. You never know. Yeah, we're we're just going to we're going to try to release it. Or it's not going to be the same day necessarily every week, um, but we're going to try to definitely get it out once a week. So, yeah, so look forward to that. And, um, yeah, so after the cold open, we'll be going into, like, what we're playing for the week. Sometimes it will, we might just be playing one game apiece. That's probably unlikely because we usually play a lot of games every week. So Mike especially. Mike is, like, he's ridiculous. He plays so many games. I just don't even – I can't keep up with this guy. I know, I know. Just just a couple, well, just like two weeks ago, I, I I was playing seven games, not all at once, not all at once. Um, you know, back to back. You know, just bang, bang, bang. And, you know, some people they'll pl- they'll be playing like four single player campaigns simultaneously. I'm just, I can't that. I can't do. But yeah, I was just banging out games like left and right. I was like, oh, finish that one. All right, moving on to the next one. Just, yeah. All right, all right, all right. So yeah, so after we talk about what we're playing, then we will jump into a topic of the show each week. So for this podcast, it's going to be, we're just going to be going over our gaming history and memories just to kind of, so you, the audience can get to know us a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And then after we, after the topic, uh, we will do, finish out the show with something I like to call surprise mechanics, which, you know, if you're a gamer, you probably know what that means, but if you don't just go ahead and Google it, it's pretty funny and annoying at the same time has to do with ea electronic arts but uh yeah so that's that's pretty much what we're just going to um each bring like something to the table and neither one of us knows what it is so hence the surprise and you know it's just meant to kind of finish out the show in a a fun humorous manner you know just something interesting and yeah so and then after that we'll just like you know outro the show you know just bs so yeah, that's that's pretty much going to be the format going forward. So, and you know, if if we grow an audience big enough, or if we get any listener questions and things like that, we will find a place to insert those into. Yeah, I'm sure our our first few questions are going to be from friends, but it would be nice if some of you uh, other listeners out there would uh, send us some. But yeah, we need to have something set up for that. Yeah, you know, go jump on our uh, social medias at Boundless Gamers, Instagram, Twitter. Send us a message, question, hate mail. Yeah, you can private message us on Instagram or wherever you feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah that, that would work. Want to send us some dick pics, some uh, vag shots, boobies. <laughs> Most of the time, they're they're not they're not unique. They're not they're not interesting. They're just average. I don't want to see that unless unless you have something that's like truly insane. Yeah, if you have like a magnificent uh, piece on you, like something that's out of this world, like maybe an alien created, then I might want to look at it. Otherwise, no, just keep it to yourself. Yeah, this you know this this podcast is way more sexual than I intended it to be. I don't I don't know why. Maybe uh maybe this this uh, COVID is just getting me thirsty. I don't know. Speaking of that, just got my second shot. Oh, for uh, the Pfizer uh, vaccine. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was excited. I was like, "Yeah, it's great." You know, you know, it's it's good to get you know to be fully vaccinated. But man, it knocked me off my ass for one day. I couldn't do anything, <laughs> which is normal. So don't 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 worry about that, guys. If you're listening, that's perfectly normal. 
Um, but yeah, just you know, if you if you're gonna get Pfizer or was it Moderna? Is yeah, that the other Moderna. one? You might want to take two or three days off on your second when you take once you get your second shot. Just just a heads up, because you may need a little time to recover. It's so weird. There's like no rhyme or reason because I've had friends that it has just totally obliterated, and then I've had friends who are just perfectly fine. My parents got the Pfizer. They were pretty much fine except just the sore arm. I got the Johnson & Johnson one. I was lucky that I could just get one shot. I was fine. One just and the done. sore yeah. arm. No other issues. Yeah, it's just really weird. I don't know. But uh, yeah, you know, that's that's cool. We both got our shots, you know. We're not a... Uh, not a, I would definitely highly recommend you get it, but you know, no one's forcing you. It's, it's a free country. You can do what you want. Totally cool. So yeah, Mike, I think it's probably time to move on to our topic where we talk about our gaming history. So, uh, do you want to start since I've been talking for fucking ever? Yeah, might as well. I know I mentioned, uh, I, I know I mentioned, uh, the Sega Genesis earlier, but you know, we did, I didn't really have a Sega Genesis growing up. It was just, I think my brothers brought it over like, one night or a couple nights, they must have borrowed it from somebody. Uh, I, that's how I remember. I have that old memory of Sonic the Hedgehog. But the, the the two systems that I grew up with was the PlayStation One and Super Nintendo. Obviously, I got a Super Nintendo uh, first. That was actually my uh, very first console. That was mine. You know, uh, this nobody else is this mine. That's a great, great first console. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, we got it at a yard sale. Uh, came with Super Mario Kart and Aladdin. Had a, had a great time with that thing. Had so much fun with it. Had so many games. The Donkey Kong, the Donkey Kong Country games. You know, a bunch of the Mario's. You know, you name it. I probably had it. I had probably like I like maybe fifty or sixty games. But I didn't buy these at retail or anything. These were games we just found at yard sale. So the majority of them were super cheap. But I absolutely love that console. It sucked what happened to it at the end for me. What what happened? The, the original power cord that it came with, it was a little, eh. Like, sometimes it, w- it would kind of just cut out, and I had to, like, bend the wire a certain way. Um, eventually, my father decided to, you know, I'll get you another pa- you know power cord for that. You know. He didn't check the uh, voltage. I don't know what it said on, for the Super Nintendo on the old yeah, I plug. I have no idea. He got the wrong one, and uh, it was too high. So we plugged that in, and, uh, you know, the little light that comes on the Super Nintendo in the front came on for like a second, then went off. So, dead. Just dead. You fried it. (laughs) We didn't know it was messed up yet. So we eventually, we went to like a Radio Shack, I think, and got the proper plug for it. And, uh, no, it was dead. Oh, that sucks. That's heartbreaking, though, actually. And then I did something really stupid. When we had a yard sale shortly after, I sold all the games for like, next to nothing i never got around to like replacing them or anything or getting a new super nintendo but but one thing that happened is i you know i was able to get a ps1 shortly after that because my father probably had a lot of guilt probably for <laughs> wrecking my system but but yeah i got i went to uh, toys r us and we i got the slim the one that actually says one on it spelled O-N-E. It looks like a CD player. Okay. I just hated that design and it was so cheap. Yeah, I don't like it either. The original looks better. The, the, I had the original one. I agree. The original looks 10 times better. That's why I took that portable CD player and uh, traded it with a friend. And he had the original model and 
he wanted something smaller. I wanted the original one. And yeah, it all worked out. But yeah, I had so many great uh, games on there. I had the first Spider-Man game. Uh, I had the second one too, Enter Electro. That was all right. Not as good as the first one, but it was cool. I had all the Crash Bandicoot games. Tons of sports games. Um, one that always stands out is NHL Face-Off 99. I love that game because you can just beat the shit out of the ref in that game. Could you actually beat the shit out of the ref? Yeah, you can. You can check them all over the place. You can oh. check them into the boards. You can check them into the bench. That sounds amazing. Even like when, when there was like a, a penalty and there would be like a cutscene and it like uh, focuses on him, you still have control over your players somewhere on the ice. So it was like you had like 10 seconds to figure out where you were and then you would try to skate all the way towards the referee in that little like uh camera angle and you can hit him and shit while he's like uh saying what the penalty it sounds is. like that was made by a russian developer <laughs> it was 989 sports who uh put that game i'm just out. joking because you know i'm like i watch on uh i got him on instagram you know and i watch like those uh cl- those hockey clips from like beer leagues over in russia and shit and they're the guys are just like beating the shit getting into fights with refs and shit <laughs> like yeah <laughs> yeah Yes, but that that probably so that started your uh, love of hockey games, which still continues till this day. Yeah, we, I mean, we play the NHL game every year. I mean, I know we complain about it all the time, saying this is broken, this don't work, and why is this? Why does it do this, and why doesn't it do that? But we have fun playing that like yeah. a lot. So we play the we play. I don't really play multiplayer games anymore. I was really big. I was really into them on the three sixty era and all that, but we. Don't play hockey. Every yeah, we year. played every year since since ten for about a decade. We've been playing every year, and um, yeah, ten, you know, we yeah. have our clubs on there. We play it like a few times a week. Um, yeah, it's we're really into it. Like the 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 community on PlayStation sucks. Like mostly, the the skill level is just not great at all. So they make us look like like Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that this it's rare to to have somebody on your team that has skill, that knows what he's doing. You know, I'm not even asking for somebody to be a Wayne, a Wayne Gretzky or a Mario Lemieux. I just want someone who knows what the hell they're doing. You could be just average. someone who has watched a hockey game before. That's all I ask. <laughs> Pass the puck and know where you have to be, and you know that's it. You're good to go. Know when to shoot and. Get the basics down. Yeah, yeah, that's, man, that's so hard for most people on that game to do. It's like, you wonder sometimes, like, when they're watching hockey games, like, what, how do they follow what's even going on if you don't understand the basic rules? I, I just don't get it. Yeah, anyway, so yeah, hockey, what, what's, what's some other stuff on, like, PS1 or... I already mentioned the Crash Bandicoots. I mean, I had Crash Team Racing. I was, you know, I was introduced to super mario kart first but i really really liked crash team racing back in the day it's yeah it's it's fine i couldn't quite get the drifting thing down like i prefer mario kart because i think it's a little bit easier not to mention i fell in love with mario kart back in the snes but um it's not snes oh you'll never hear me call it snes that's not happening allow me a second to reprimand these scum lords that call it the SNES. I don't know where this came from. I don't know if it's a British thing or what, but it's not the SNES. It is not a singular word. It's an acronym for Super Nintendo Entertainment System. So it, sh- it should be called SNES. I will accept Super Nintendo. That That's perfectly fine. Do not say SNES or... I will unsubscribe you to this podcast myself if you have already subscribed. 
How the hell are you going to do that? I don't know, but I'll find out a way. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure there is a way. I mean, we'll figure it out. Yeah. But uh, other PS1 games. Um, or PS2 or 3, you know, move on to some other memories. 3, or... 3, 2. Yeah. I, then we're going to start going into all kinds of shit. I'm, I'm, just, I'm still trying to think of one because I know I'm, I'm missing quite a few. Oh, the Spyro games, of course. Jesus. Ah, yeah. Christ. I'm going to forget about those. Yeah, I mean, that was just a great console. I love the sounds that thing made, the original, uh, at least the original unit. I don't know if the slim one made the same sounds, but when uh, games would load, it had this, like, uh, iconic, weird noises that the, <laughs> the system would make. People know exactly what I'm talking about if they owned a PS1. And, of course, we can't forget about the boot-up screen when it booted oh, up yeah. the game. That's iconic. I can't really do it. But yeah, you, you know can't I mean. even really do it, but no. I'm sure people remember. That used to creep the shit out of me. Did it really? Yeah, yeah. When I first started using the PS1, I would play it at night. When I, when I would boot up a game, I kind of get a little weird inside. Like, something's going to happen. <laughs> it's like horror movie music. <laughs> Someone's going to, Psycho Mantis is going to jump out of the PS1 and like kill you. Would have been better if I popped in like Silent Hill or Resident Evil after that, you know. But I was I didn't have those. Probably would appreciate them more though. That's kind of a regret of mine that I like wasn't really into survival horror back then. Not that I didn't like it because I'm a lifelong horror movie fan, like huge horror movie fan. Like I've been watching like foreign, like J horror, K horror, like all kinds of shit since I was young. But yeah, I just I. I guess I, you know, when you're younger, you're just kind of dumb. You don't really know. You're not aware of a lot of things. It's not that you don't yeah. like things. You're just not aware of things existing. So I was like, you know, I just had no idea like what Silent Hill or Resident Evil was. Um, so yeah, I kind of regret missing out on those. Honestly, I didn't really know about Resident Evil until, until like the movies, obviously. The movies and like Resident Evil 4. That's when I really started paying attention to the franchise. Probably like most people, because like that's a lot of people's favorite. Uh, when Resident Evil Four was on the GameCube. Oh yeah, I love that back in the day. It's fantastic. Doesn't really hold up too much now, but yeah, that's the thing. I tried to start. I started to play it like recently, and I was like, eh, like I'm having a hard time with these controls. I mean, it holds up more than three and two. I'm just oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> if we're yeah, gonna yeah. compare them, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. No. it's because it was Mechanics like it's, wise. yeah, they're not tank controls like the two and three and one, and they're they're more like it's like a stopgap between like the old and modern because it's it's more modern. I would say you know it's like full like three D. You can roam around like behind the back. You know, I just find the camera a little bit like floaty and weird and um. Yeah, I just I just find it hard. So I wish I could. That's why I wish they would remake. I think they are remaking. They are actually. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm almost positive they're. Yeah, I don't think it's ever been officially said, but they, they got to be working on it. Yeah, they have. To. I know they just recently announced that like RE4 VR thing. Did you hear about that? Oh yeah, yeah. I saw some footage of that the other day. It looks uh, actually it looks way more creepy in first person. Oh yeah, everything is creepier in VR. Now, I don't think I could play it because I get motion sick pretty easy, so that's unfortunate. Also, I don't have VR, so that, that would be the first reason I can't play it. But uh, yeah, but uh, going back to like Resident Evil, uh, so Resident Evil 2 Remake and 3 Remake, I fucking love those games. Like, I'm super into Resident Evil now because of those games, so like, I can't wait for Village, you know, I'm definitely going to play that. I just, I just can't wait for the tall woman to chase me around. <laughs> Lady, uh... Dim Dimitrisk. 
Although I just played the the demos, you know, that came out, the castle and the village. And uh, Ethan, the main character in that game, pronounced her name completely differently. He said, I think he said Damatresk. But I've also heard Dimitrisk. And I've also heard Dimitrisku. What did the developers say? What did the developers say? I don't know. They don't say it. They need to come out with a guide on how to say her name because I'm just like, what do I say? Because I know they had that showcase um, and, you know, Brittany Brombacher from What's Good Games, which is a great podcast. Go listen to that. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was hosting it and she said, Dimitrisk. She talked to the developers and they didn't correct her. They said they went ahead with it. So I'm like assuming that's it. But but Ethan in the actual game says, like, Damatresk. They now that could just be like how he pronounces it because people in real life pronounce things wrong and maybe that's just like she a might character correct trait. them in the in the story. Yeah, right. That's possible because it doesn't look like Damatresk. That's weird. And and then looking up the um apparently the there's uh, I was watching a YouTube video and there's history behind that name. It it is a Romanian surname. And if you know anything about like Dracula and like Transylvania, that stuff happens like in and around Romania. That's where that stuff comes from. So, okay. And, and it, um, the actual name, like whatever, Dimitriscu, however you want to say it, is it comes from, I think you say Demeter or Demeter, who was, I believe, a Greek god, goddess. Um, she was the goddess of like fertility, which if you see like the logo and stuff for village, it has like that little like fetus, like embryo thing. So I'm just thinking hmm. like, that's probably intentional. Like there's something there. There's a connection. So I thought that was pretty cool, but I'm just going to call her Dimitrisk. I'm just going to call her the tall lady that scares the shit out of me. There you go. Yeah, that works too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, though, what the hell are we even talking about? We were on we like were, PS1. Well, I, I brought up Silent Hill and yeah. <laughs> Resident Evil on the PS1 and we went into Village. How, you know, how about this? You know, we, I'll save other PS1 uh, memories, you know for another time because you know we can, we can literally have a whole topic about that yeah for sure but you know i want to hear a little bit uh, about your uh early uh, gaming days jacques you know what were you doing were you on the nes were you on the the uh the jaguar or something i don't know that thing <laughs> i definitely was not on the jaguar <laughs> i don't think anybody was on the jaguar if you were if you did have a jaguar like write into us and let us know no, but yeah, I started on the NES. That was like my very first console that I owned. Because, um, you know, I'm like five years older than you. So I'm like, there is a lot of crossover, but like there's some things like I'm slightly earlier on than you. Uh, yeah, NES, uh, you know, the usuals. I played all the, you know, Legend of Zelda, Final Fantasy, Ninja Gaiden. Of course, Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers 3 is like one of my favorite games probably of all time. I, I still love uh, Super Mario World a little bit more, but, you know, 3 is still a fantastic game. Yeah, it's tough. Like, I would say, yeah, World might be a little bit better. They're so close. But, yeah, so Super Mario World, that, that goes into the SNES. So, yeah, NES, you know, I was, like, probably, I was really young. I was, like, six, five, six. I don't, there's a lot I don't really remember, you know. I just kind of played stuff. I didn't really know what the heck I was doing. I, I loved the Mega Man series. That was a big one for me, too. And then, of course, let's see, the, the SNES and Genesis. I had both of those. At the same time? Yeah, same time. I think oh, I wow. probably got the cool. SNES first. And I would always get consoles like a few years after they came out because we didn't have a lot of money. Same. Yeah, yeah you're, you're the same. I think you've told me before. 
So there, there's a story I do. I just remembered about the Genesis, like how I got it. Um, and I want to say this is probably my eighth birthday. So I was probably, this was like in 93. Yeah, me and my friends, had. A, I had this birthday party at Little Caesars. What the heck was that place called? It was like a little, you know, those uh, things like um, Leaps and Bounds and Discovery Zone. You take kids and they have like pizza parties. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like Little Caesars Funhouse or something like that. I don't even know, you know, the pizza chain because that, that was created here by Mike Illage in Detroit. So um, there's Little Caesars all over the place here. <laughs> so so anyway, I had a birthday party there. You know, we had the pizza, the whole shebang. Yeah, so, you know, after everything was over, we're on our way home, car ride home. You know, my parents were dropping off all the kids at their houses. You know, it's just me and my one friend. I think it was Calvin. I could be wrong, but I don't remember. Klein, right? Yeah, it was Calvin Klein. I've never seen anybody with purple underwear. Yeah, so we're driving home. We're in the backseat, and I don't know how we got to talking, but my friend's just like, He's like, yeah, you got a Genesis. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And then my mom's like, probably thinking, you know, like, like, shut up, shut up. You immediately ran towards those gifts. They're just like, I gotta, I gotta find this right now. I don't care if everybody's going to get upset. I'm, I'm going to. So he's, he spoiled it. Cause you know, he's probably excited. Kids are dumb. You know, we don't, yeah, we don't know we, any yeah, better. To that. So I, I get home and, um. Yeah, they they pull this, you know, box out about the size of a Genesis box out from behind the couch and they give it to me and I rip it open. And of course it's a Genesis and woo-hoo, like <laughs> we're all excited and but yeah, I just I just remember that. I thought the fact that he spoiled it for me, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, so like yeah, you know, there was like Sonic the Hedgehog, like which was fine, you know, I probably loved it a lot back then. That the was day. a pack in at the time, right? Yeah, it was, it was. That was like their Mario. Um, I don't really like Sonic now, but uh I tried to watch the movie and I just, I don't know. Maybe I was just, it was my mood, but I turned it off after five minutes. Five minutes? Yeah. As soon as they get to like him as a young Sonic, I was just like, eh, this, this, this is stupid. You got to give it more than five minutes. It's, it's, I mean, I, I, I wasn't <laughs> crazy about the movie. I thought it was just fine, but it's not, it's like, come on, give it a little more time than that. Sorry to our friend Jim who likes it. <laughs> Maybe I'll give it another try one day. I, you know, it's really hard for me to watch movies these days because of my attention span sucks. But, th- you know, that's not true, though, because just last night I watched Lord, um, The Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring Extended Edition, which is like almost four hours long. Oh, God, no. I can't And watch I just that. watched it straight through with no breaks. So, yeah, I sat through the whole, and I sat through the whole Snyder cut, four hours. So it's like, I guess it just has to be a certain thing that I'm really interested in. Like, anything superhero stuff, I'm totally in. But, like, a lot of other things, it's just, like, I just don't have the attention span. If it doesn't grab me right away, I'm just like, nah, I'm out. All right, let me, let me get back to my uh, some of my gaming history. Um, Although, like, I do like these uh, tangents. This is uh, fun. Yeah, so, let's see. Yeah, SNES Genesis. Um, what was that? Okay, N64. That was, like, a pretty big one, too. Um. Now, GoldenEye, that was probably, like, one of the main games I played on there. Um, me and my friend Brandon, uh, shout out to Brandon Barnes from Detroit, <laughs> my best friend growing up. We, uh, I would always go over his house, uh, cause he, like, had the consoles before me. And, yeah, like, N64, dude, we played the shit out of GoldenEye. We would always play, uh, 1v1, 
only proximity mines and we would just be throwing proximity mines all over the map and just yeah um that game doesn't hold up at all today so yeah i was gonna say why don't you hook up with your friend and play that right now yeah get the old console out get get an old tube television let's see how that game holds up that would be funny if they did a goldeneye remake they kind of did on the um 360 generation Uh, it was with daniel craig though they called it goldeneye I didn't play the whole game. I mean, I heard, I heard it was a good game, but I just I never got around to actually finishing it, which which is weird because I actually beat most James Bond games that get released. So I mean, like a proper proper remake. You know who I would have remake it? I they would never have time to do this. Bioware? No. no. <laughs> yeah, let's let's have them do a shooter. We'll see. We saw how that turned out with Anthem. Yeah, Anthem. That was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would have respawn do it. Because think about okay. Titanfall, Apex, right. how tight the shooting controls are on that. That that would be pretty cool, I think. Isn't the Hitman team working on a James Bond game right now? They are. I think it'll probably be more like the Hitman games, like more stealthy. Yeah, it's it's just gonna, it's going to be a skin swap with you know new features, you know gameplay mechanics and stuff. But yeah, which is fine. I mean, I'll take it. Well, I mean, they you know they built something really great though. Like, why not leverage that? Because. I think I just read Hitman 3 um, sold like 300% more than Hitman 2. Really? Yeah. They, that game Holy did shit. really well. I think a lot of it has to do when it came out, because it came out at the beginning of the year when not much else was out, and like everybody was going crazy over that at the time. I'm really happy for them, though, you know, since IO Interactive broke away from uh, Square Enix, like they've been doing really well as an indie developer. They just got the, you know, James Bond IP, so it's awesome for them. Yeah, like, do you have any, uh, did you have an N64? Yeah, you did, didn't you? No, um, but I, I used to rent the console a lot at a local video store called um, Video Kingdom. I, that's how I beat Super Mario 64 and uh, a couple other games I think rented. Uh, no, no, I never rented Banjo-Kazooie because my my parents wouldn't let me get it because there was a witch on the uh, cover art. <laughs> Uh, I played I played that though later down the line and I, I really enjoyed it. It was banjo games are cool, but yeah, I, I rented that console out a lot, but I never owned one. I had a friend who had one, but the only games he had was like baseball and uh, freaking snowboarding games, and I think he even had a wrestling game, which it wasn't the the one you played. I think it wasn't that that famous one that's on the N sixty four, but it was some other one. Just real quick, I'll just say I, I, I hate the controller. I absolutely hate it. Yeah, the controller was awful, man. It was like this three-pronged bullshit. I don't even know what that middle grip was for, and then it just had like one joystick in the middle. Yeah, we're going to do a whole topic on controllers alone, so yeah, we'll definitely shit on that later. All the N64 fans just turned this podcast off. They're like, they're shitting on the controller. (laughs) No, they know it sucks, too. It's not the worst controller ever made, but for Nintendo, I think it's pretty damn low on the list. Nintendo just does whatever the fuck they want, you know, they always have and they always will. Um, so yeah, we, let's see, and then there was, of course, the Xbox, OG Xbox, oof, we had a lot of fun on that. Yeah. That's actually, like I said before, where we met on Battlefront 2, mm-hmm. um, because Xbox had Xbox Live, that kind of drew me into the Xbox ecosystem, and like I stayed there all the way through till... I mean, I'm still on it. I have the Xbox One, Xbox 360, Xbox One. I only, I missed the PS2 and PS3 generations because of that. I never owned those. I've played them, but I never owned those. 
Um, and then I jumped finally to the, it came back to Sony with the PS4 because of the whole, uh, launch of the Xbox one, that whole debacle. Like, I think they lost a lot of TV, gamers. sports, movies. Yeah. <laughs> this console is, they can do everything. You could do this and could do that. Yeah. I can play games. Yeah. Kind of play games, but here, let's check out this television show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a, oh my God. Go back and watch that press conference. Holy shit. Was it bad? They're, they're still recovering from it. I think they're finally, like, with Game Pass and stuff and a lot of other uh, Goodwill things, they're finally, like, gaining the fans back. But, man, they that, are. that uh, Don Matrick, and he just devastated the Xbox. Yeah, he stunk up the Xbox for years, even when he was gone. Like, Phil Spencer's like, I gotta clean all this shit up. Fantastic. Thanks, Don. I think it was overblown a little bit. I just think it was very poor messaging and that, like, scared everybody. It was, it was poor messaging, and I do think there was... Um, the the gaming community just wasn't ready for some of those changes yet but some of them were kind of bullshit though like uh the console had to always be on and like you know if you disc originally if you disconnected the connect the console would turn off or some shit they had to patch it day one or something for it to not do that then you had the whole use games thing which at the time people were still buying physical copies at least more people were buying physical copies than digital downloads and they were just like, no, nah, you got to pay a fee and, you know, if you get a used game. And I was like, no, nah, piss off. Maybe we'll do a topic on the... Uh, the Xbox One launch. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah, yep. that's fan. Yep. I'll write that one down. Uh, but yeah, so back to the Xbox OG. You know, real quick. Um, yeah, sure. Go we ahead. didn't mention this. Uh, we I think we should say which consoles we own. Uh, what do we have right now? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Um. well, I'll go first. Uh, currently I own a, an Xbox one slim. I think it's the slim, right? The white one. Yeah. The S mm -hmm. that's right. So yeah, I have that. I have a PS four and I'd recently just got a PS five. So yeah, those are my consoles. I have a PS three, which I recently bought, uh, yeah, a few months back. Uh, the slim I have a Xbox one S I have a Nintendo switch Lite, and, um, the PS five and PS four. PS4 base model. I guess I should say I have the PS5 uh, disc version. Good luck trying to get a digital one. I didn't want that anyway, but but if you're one of those people who wanted that, good luck. I also have the PS5 disc version. Um, I wanted the digital, but yeah, like Mike said, good fucking luck getting that. You can barely even get the disc version, so... Out of every 100 PS5s they make, probably only four or five of them are digital, if that... It's something, it's something like a 10 to 1 ratio, I think I saw. You know what? Before we go back to the Xbox, why don't you tell us a little bit about your new PS3 collecting hobby? Yeah, it's, you know, a few months back when I picked up the PS3, I just wanted to, you know, pick up some games here and there that you just can't play on the PS4. Sony won't do backwards compatibility, at least not right now. And uh, so if you want to play some of these games, you have to own a PS3 or get the PS Now service, but I don't recommend that because it's, the streaming is just all over the place. The, the, the streaming quality kind of sucks on there. Even if you have really good internet, it's still a hit or miss. But uh, yeah, as I started getting a few games, I'm like, yeah, we got a few more and a couple more. And all of a sudden, I'm collecting PS3 games now. So I have a, I have about 70. 70? Yeah. I've, oh I've bought them a bunch of lots recently. I didn't so, think it was that much. Holy crap. Yeah. A lot of lots. Like they have like 10 games, 12 games and shit like that. You amassed quite a collection really quick. And I didn't spend much at all. That's the thing. I'm, I'm, a lot of these lots I'm finding on eBay, 
I'm these games uh, per, per copy. I'm getting maybe two to three bucks. And some of these, and a lot of these games, you know, if you buy them individually, they're going for like 15, 20 bucks. So I'm just finding the right sellers out there who either don't know what the hell they have or they just want to get rid of shit. And those are the best ones you want to look for on eBay. Um, but yeah, I have tons, man. I'm not going to name them all, but just, you know, just a couple off the top of my head. I, I recently got Spec Ops The Line, you know, Singularity. And I got a, what's another game? X-Men Origins Wolverine. Got it for a really good deal. The game usually goes for like 50, 60 bucks, but I found a copy for 10 bucks. I wish I had so. a PS3 so I could borrow that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's, that's not a backwards compatibility game on the Xbox. Mm, nope. You've also got Resistance games. Um, yeah, Resistance 1, 2, 3, The Kill Zones, The Uncharted, Last of Us. Um, yeah. L.A. Noir. L.A. Noir, you know, Max Payne, Shitty Aliens, Clone Marines, you know, oh, uh, boy. Alien Isolation, you know. Getting a lot of the commons right now. You know, I do have a few that are a little pricey. The Splinter Cell trilogy, the HD set. Just recently picked up uh, Ratchet and Clank Tools of Destruction. I have Ratchet and Clank uh, Crack in Time. I don't have Into the Nexus because it's very expensive to get a physical copy of that. So I'm probably going to have to get a digital copy at some point. But I, I, I want to play those before the new Ratchet game. So I'm, I better, have, I better uh, get on that soon. Yeah, I think uh, the Ratchet and Clank or Rift Apart comes out in June. Oh, by by the way, Mike, did you see they finally unveiled the name of the female Lombax? I heard something about that. And they also uh, they also revealed who's voicing the character. I think it's Jennifer Hale. Oh, it's Jennifer Hale? Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's cool. Wow. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. She's a legend. Yeah, the, the character's name is Rivet. Rivet. Yeah, like Rosie the Riveter. So you've got Riv- okay. Ratchet and Rivet. I think that's pretty cool. Is he going to hook up with Rivet in the game? Yeah, maybe. I hope so. I th- oh, wait, I think there's that other character he has an interest in. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Why not both? How would it? Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe Rivet will hook up with uh, Clank. Maybe she likes some of that robot action. You never know. <laughs> it's, Mike, I wanted to ask you, so like, what made you want to start um, collecting PS3 games? I already collect stuff right now, so I mean, I'm a big action figure collector, so that probably has something to do with it. I miss having a physical gaming library, and I don't really want to collect or buy a bunch of physical games for the newer systems because, you know, having a disc at this point really doesn't matter anymore because you you still have to download like a massive day one patch. It's it's kind of just pointless. But with these with the PS3 and the 360 generation, that was the last generation where you could actually just put the disc in and it starts playing right away. There there might be a, a patch and you, know, you might have to install the game. But for the most part, it's all on the disc. If we're ever in an apocalypse and you find like some kind of electrical source, you're you're fucked. Like if if you only have a PS5 or something, like you better have an old console. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, who cares about survival? Like just you know, at least you get to play your PS3. That's all the battery goes out of it. You know that whole thing that's going on right now. Oh man, the the, the internal clock thing or yeah. something. Which you know, Sony's definitely going to put out a patch to fix that. I'm not worried. I hope so. Right before they shut the servers down, they're going to put something out because if they don't, they're going to have a lot of people with pitchforks after them and. And that's just not worth the risk. You know, a simple patch can just fix the problem. Yeah. Well, we saw how like Sony recently tried to shut down the PS3, Vita, and PSP stores, and everybody just went batshit crazy for good reason. And 
so Jim Ryan came out and said, oh, yeah, um, no, by the way, we made a mistake. <laughs> we fucked up. Uh, we're not doing that. I was ready to drop some money on the PlayStation 3 store, uh, but now I don't have to because they're not shutting it down. So. I'm sure they did. They did probably see a little bump in uh, sales there because everyone was like panic buying. They are still shutting down the PSP store. I think it's been officially shut down for a while now, but I think there's like some small portions of it still operational. And then they're just completely pulling the plug now on it. But they are getting the PS3. They're keeping PS3 and Vita stores up. Which is great because, you know, Sony has a real problem with um, supporting old games and backwards compatibility, and I hope they work on that. Yeah, I really hope that changes. I'm, I'm, it'd be great if they put out some, uh, if they do something uh, like what Microsoft did, you know, where you can put, you know, the 360 game like in the Xbox One and you get it, you can download a digital copy of it. I would love that if they do that for the PS3. I just think from the higher ups, it's just it's not really a priority for them, which is unfortunate. But luckily, we have you know Microsoft picking up the ball for that. So, and speaking of Microsoft, uh, let's get back to talking about the OG Xbox. Wow! At this point, why don't we skip it? Wow, was it like <laughs> no, twenty minutes ago we we're talking about? This I, shit? No, we're we're talking about this, Mike. We're talking about it. The sooner we get to it, the better. <laughs> All right, so like I want to talk about Halo Combat Evolved. It's just that was one of the first games for the Xbox, and the Xbox wouldn't exist without it today. It was such a monumental game for them. So I, I played, you know, the campaign with our friend Chris. You know, he's one of my best friends. I've known Chris, oh boy, since like 1999, probably. We're going to try and get him on the podcast at some point. Yeah. Love to hear uh, some of his gaming memories. Yeah, he's been gaming, like, all his life, too, so... Uh, but, yeah, like, so... And he lives in Ohio, you know, so he's, like, a, a state below me. But, you know, we drive back and forth, we'll visit each other and stuff. Although, I haven't visited him in a while, so I... We, we really need to put something together. You know, COVID is kind of really throwing a wrench into all that, so... COVID's throwing a wrench into everything. <laughs> but uh, I would love to see his daughter meet his daughter, Susie. But, yeah, anyway, so we played through Halo campaign, and... um we were just blown away. Like I, I hadn't played any shooter of this quality before that. And, um, we just had so much fun. It, it was really a game changer. I think that's part of what really hooked me into Xbox other than Xbox live. Um, so like, do you have any memories of Halo? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, that wasn't like the first game I bought when I got my original Xbox. It was KOTOR. You know, five, six months later, I, I eventually, you know, got around to, picking it up and i was like oh halo what's that right. okay that looks cool and you know, this was still for me this was still during the days of you know just going into a store and looking at the cases and shit i mean yeah the, the internet was a was a was a thing and all that but i didn't do any research so i was just like oh halo sci-fi cool all right shooter let's go yeah i loved it it's fantastic it was a it was revolutionary first person shooter on a console it was it was amazing it's just you know, in some ways, that game still holds up because, you know, if you play the Master Chief Collection, you, you switch over to the, you know, the OG version because uh, you can do that by just clicking a button and it switches back and forth, which is really cool. It's shockingly still holds up. I mean, well, not graphically, but, you not know, gameplay wise. No, no, not graphically. No, 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 no. You know, let's, you know, let's it, make it, that clear. <laughs> graphics wise, if you switch back to the old graphics, it's like when you have like a canvas painting and it's just like they just smeared the paint like all over. All the textures are like blurred and 
So what what about a Halo Two? Because like that's really when like the multiplayer aspect started getting big. Um, you know, I would have LAN parties with my friends. We'd go over to my friend Justin's house, and we had two TVs side by side with two Xboxes, and we would just play. You know, like all these uh, multiplayer maps. Um, you know, what was it? Blood Gulch or was that the? I can't keep up with the names of the maps because like the, some of the maps are the same, but like different names. Yeah, like the I think in Halo Three it was called Valhalla or something. It's yeah, the same yeah. map. Yeah, point is that like that that just changed the game again with the, the multiplayer. Yeah, that was one of my uh, first big multiplayer games. Uh, it was that and the first Battlefront. Yeah, Halo Two. Shit, that was such a good game. Uh, I, I do prefer the first game's campaign though. When it came down to the multiplayer, obviously the second game was far superior. Um, because the first game just, you know, it was just local. You had to do land parties and shit like that. But, you know, with the second game, you had the internet. Which campaign did you prefer? Did you like the first one more than the second one or vice versa? I mean, it's been a while since I played them, but from what I remember, I would say the first one was, I think the second one was like kind of short, wasn't it? It was short and you bounced back and forth uh, between Master Chief and the Arbiter. And some people didn't like that. Halo 2 campaign definitely has its fans. Yeah, no, it's good. Like, I like it, but I just, I think the first one's a little, is better, you know, if, we, if we're going to compare the two, yeah. I think Halo 3 is probably the best, though, like, pound for pound. I think that's when they, like, really hit their stride, because I think we played Halo 3 multiplayer more than, like, any of them. Oh, yeah, religiously. Yeah, I played the shit out of that game. I'm glad with the, the Master Chief Collection, like, they've... You know, it's still alive and well today, like those uh, multiplayers. Do you have any plans on playing those campaigns again at at any point, at some point down the line? I mean, I did it like last year. I went through all of them. I don't have any plans, but I'll never say never. You know, maybe one day I'll fancy trying them again. Um, Well, we should try, uh, (laughs) we should do a co-op legendary run in Halo 3. Were were you there? Because I think, I'm pretty sure I did, I beat it on the four-player co-op legendary probably back in the day we probably did it you know? it was like me ray ray deadly and somebody else I mean, maybe you were i don't know if you're there yeah i can't even remember like freaking yesterday <laughs> barely i so. can't remember what i <laughs> ate two days ago a little. i mean i mean our gaming memories are actually pretty good but you know some stuff just slips through the cracks that's one that's one of them i like i have i don't remember yeah it's like with me you're dealing with age related memory loss you're dealing with uh marijuana related memory loss uh with you you're dealing with like just your brain's all fucked up <laughs> yeah sleep deprivation lack of sleep blah, 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 blah. there you go talk. sleep deprivation you can't even See, say I, it i can't even say the word <laughs> you know it's bad yeah between that and a bunch of other things yeah my brain's just like pretty much on autopilot most days now honestly like all these memories we've talked about they could all be false memories for all we know you never know you never know Hey, Mike, you remember that time I 1v1 Brad Pitt in COD 4 and I just fucking wiped the floor with his bitch ass? Or do you remember that time where we used to, you know, chat with the, well, he claimed he was Jeremy Allen White from uh, Shameless? No, that's actually true, though. <laughs> no, it was. It was true. It was because our friend uh, Steve at the time, rest in peace, he passed a while back. Yeah, um, R.I.P. He knew celebrities, some minor ones. Um was a, was Elijah Jane? Was that the she's that model. model? Yeah, he knew another actor. I can't remember who it was, but then he also knew. I don't know how he met him actually, but Jeremy Allen White 
Yeah, Jeremy Allen White, he plays Lip in the the American version of Shameless. And um, yeah, we we were all like for a couple weeks there, we were like talking on Xbox Live with him, hanging out and stuff. It was kind of, you know, weird. I don't know how I heard he's matured since then, but he was kind of at the time, he was very young and he was, you know, kind of cocky. And he actually told us that... You know, he thought he was a better actor than William H. Macy and I had to put him in his place. I was like, Did he no. really say that? Yeah, he said Dude. that. He thought he was he was stack cocky. I was like, No, I was like, Bud, I'm like, I really like your character. I, I'll give you like number three. Because I think, you know, William H. Macy and I don't remember the actress who plays Fiona, his his sister yeah, in the Emmy, show. Emmy Rossum. Yeah, they're they're way better. Don't don't get don't get me wrong, like Jeremy Allen White is a very good actor. Yeah, I like him in the show. But if I would have known he said that he's a better actor than William H. Macy, I would have unfriended him. Could you imagine if he listens to this, he's going to like try to seek us out. He'd be like, you know, what the hell are you saying? <laughs> Look, dude, you're crazy if you think that, Jeremy. You're crazy, dude. I I respect your acting ability. I love Shameless. I have not watched the latest season, but I will. Uh, but yeah, dude, William H. Macy is in a whole nother league. Like, he is that show. I don't even know what happened. I think like something we we quit talking to him after like a certain while because we just he was like too cocky and then somehow after Steve died we like something I don't know we just uh, I will say this you know we're just shitting on him you know not not, not really yeah kind of I mean it gave him a compliment <laughs> but, we're not totally shitting on him you know when when Steve died he did cancel all of his plans because he had something important to do and shit but he canceled all his plans to hang out with us that one night for like hours so give him that. At the end, he did do something really cool. But yeah, he was just, you know, he was young. You know, was he like 17 at the time? Yeah, I mean, that's normal. He would go away for long times to like film and shit. And someone else used to use his account and his other, whoever used his account used to delete a lot of people off his list and shit. And you'd have to re-add people back. And yeah, it was just, and eventually we kind of just parted ways, you know. Steve was the reason why, you know, we were talking to him. So, you know, that that wasn't going to last long, so. Yeah, Jeremy, if you ever want to come on the podcast, just drop me a DM. <laughs> oh my God. Imagine if he can imagine that. that. Actually, I would like to catch up with him though. That would be really cool. Yeah, I'm sure he's got a baby now. I, you know, I've seen like, um, I forget who his wife is. She's another actress, but, um, yeah, he's got a baby now. So I'm sure he's matured. And to be fair, like William H. Macy and Emmy, well, he's still on it, but Emmy Rossum left the show. And like, you know, Jeremy, he's carried the show. Like, I thought he's done pretty well. Yeah, he does an incredible job on that on that show. He's I like his character a lot. I haven't seen the last two seasons, but you know, I plan to uh, at some point. So let's talk about um, 360 a little bit because that was another huge uh, error for us. Like that was when we really like you know got into the online gaming and stuff. And you know, of course, Halo Three was a big one. We mentioned that, and uh, I know another big game for us. It's not online, but um, Alan Wake. We like always praise that game. We wish more people would play it. It's not a lake, it's an ocean. It's a fantastic game. Excellent writing. Sam Lake is a... Master storyteller. Genius. Yeah, exactly. That is one of the most underrated games ever. Single player games I've ever played. At least uh, for the 360. It's, you know, everybody always mentions tons of other games, but Alan Wake doesn't come up that much. It's, It's a damn shame because it's just so good. It just sucks. I've been waiting all these years for a sequel. I know we got American Nightmare, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Alan Wake 2, a full-fledged sequel. Oh, Mike, speaking of, like, Alan Wake 2, did you, um, you know, um, 
Remedy, who does Alan Wake, they have a deal with Epic, and I think they're they're contracted for like two exclusive games for them. And I did hear from some sources, not personal sources, like I... Who are these sources? I want to know. Tell well, me oh, my, my sources tell me um, I've been talking to people in the industry. Do you industry. have a dad that works at Microsoft? My my dad works for all the companies. He bounces. He's never home, you know, which is why, you know, he, he didn't raise me because he was so busy working at Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, they... But, yeah, there's sources say that, like, one of those games is Alan Wake 2. It's gotta be like what the hell? Like what the hell else is it gonna? I mean, I mean, I, I liked Control. I mean, I wasn't as crazy about it as as you were. I mean, I still liked it at the end of the day, and it does have some Alan Wake DLC in it, which is cool. But yeah, people, the, the, their community wants Alan Wake. The Remedy community has been screaming for an Alan Wake sequel, and now they have the rights. They they got it back from Microsoft, you know, publishing rights. If they announce their two games and it's not Alan Wake, I'm boycotting them. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of waiting. I bet you though, as soon as they got the rights back to Alan Wake from Microsoft, I guarantee you they started working on um, Alan Wake too. Yeah, it's just a matter of time before they port the first game over to other consoles. Yeah, because uh, the first first Alan Wake has never been on the PlayStation, so nope. Um, it, I'm sure. I hope they're working on a remaster of that. That would be freaking amazing. That's a day one purchase for me. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I'll pre-order it the day they announced that. Yeah, if you want a great horror game with a really good story that has, like, vibes of, like, Stephen King, Twin Peaks, stuff like that, play Alan Wake, please. Oh, speaking of horror, we had a lot of fun on Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2. We would, uh, we actually played on GameBattles.com, which was, like, a sub, sub thing of, um... MLG Major League Gaming. So we actually had like a clan, that clan that we were in where we met. We would uh one of the games we do is Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2. Do you remember the name of the team cuz I remember it? Oh fuck. Let me think. Holy shit. Dude, what no, what is it? I don't remember. Reanimated Necromorphs. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I do remember that. And my memory's terrible. I don't know why my brain yeah, where did you pull that from? I couldn't even remember that. Not my ass, probably. No. Um, who came up with that name? It might have been me. <sighs> that, honestly, that I don't know. It's either you or Chris. I'm just trying to think. Like, what does that name even mean? I'm like confusing myself. Like, I don't even know if that makes sense. Because I know, ne- I know the Necromorphs are from like Dead Space. Dead Space. I don't know if that's what you were thinking, but um, I hadn't even played Dead Space until recently, where I just went through the trilogy within the last few months. So that that part must have came from you. Um, maybe I came up with the reanimated part. I I don't know. Was it was it two thousand? Yeah, I was really into Dead Space one at the time. Two wasn't out yet. So um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, maybe maybe I did throw in the necromorph name in there. Well, speaking of Dead Space, we could move on and talk a little bit about that because like it's fresh in my mind. I want to save that for a topic, though. We'll briefly talk. I'll just about briefly it here, talk. Yeah. I'm so mad that I waited so long to play these games, like especially the first one. Now, I think that Dead Space Two is probably the best overall, but like, there's something about the first one that's just because it's really like hardcore survival horror. So it's like, it, I just feel like you know your first time on the Ishimura ship is just like it's amazing. Just that that game, the atmosphere is just so amazing like it's just thick with tension through the whole game like you're always on edge you don't know because of the whole like 
AI system they have where they could just, the necromorphs can just jump out of the vents and stuff at any time. And you're always like, you're in these tight corridors and you're just like, you know, spinning around like you hear the sound in that game is amazing. So you're always spinning around like, what, what, what was that? What was that? (laughs) There's not a second in that game where you feel safe. No, no, not at all. Until the credits roll, then you feel safe. Even then, I'm like, you know, (laughs) I don't know. Something could happen. It it borrows a lot from a bunch of different things, uh, like the Aliens franchise. um, Event Horizon. uh, Event Horizon, of course. A little Resident Evil is definitely in there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I'll I'll even toss in some Doom as well, because, yeah, just mix all that shit together, and Dead Space probably comes out of it. It's one one of the best like survival horror franchises that exists, and I'm really sad the cliffhanger they left us on, and that um three yeah Dead Space <laughs> yeah. three arrival was it yeah, arrival yeah. is that what it was called the DLC the, the, yeah the, the, yeah that was the epilogue yeah oh my god dude um I just and that came out like what like twenty thirteen and I just played it like what last year into this year and I was like so mad I was like how could EA not make a Dead Space four but, you know, what I, I think the EA of today would have greenlit a Dead Space 4. But back then they were just like getting into like all the microtransaction shit and stuff. And they they probably looked at their data and saw sales drop off. I mean, now they're taking chances on, you know, we got Jedi Fallen Order, which was an amazing game. Um, you know, they're, they're real tight with Respawn. You get like Apex, um, Titanfalls, you get, and then, you know, yeah, you got the, the, the EA originals with like, you know, the indie games, um, you know, Unravel, A Way Out. Yeah. I just hope Battlefield, uh, gets back on track because five sucked <laughs> the last one that came out. Not good. And then, I mean, that's, it sounds like that's going to be their next big game that's coming out probably the end of this year. I uh, miss playing the uh, Battlefield games. I mean, Battlefield 1 was pretty good, but um, yeah, 5 was just a train wreck. I don't know what the hell happened with that game, but yeah, but for, for the most part, EA has actually been doing better. I know they they still do microtransactions like everybody else, but they're definitely going down a a better path right now, you know, a much a much Yeah, uh, they, they fixed the, the whole Battlefront 2 debacle, you know, they spent a few months like fixing that shit. So yeah, they I think that really scared them, to be honest. You don't fuck with Star Wars fans. <laughs> if we've learned anything, those motherfuckers are crazy. Let's see. I, you know, I'm thinking we should probably just... Uh, you've heard enough of our gaming history for now. You know, we'll we'll get into all this in future episodes. We'll, we'll talk yeah, about how we yeah. met on Battlefront 2 and all this. I got millions of memories in my head. Yeah. yeah. But you kind of got enough of an idea about us for now. And um, yeah, I think we'll just move on to like what we are currently playing. Um so now we can both talk about this because, like I'd mentioned before, we're playing a co-op game currently, and uh, that is Resident Evil Five. I've beaten this game twice in the past when it came out, so I bet Jock's never played it before. So this is all new for him. Yep, first time so far. I'm enjoying it. I'd say we're probably like almost halfway through, maybe not quite. It's fun. It's a good co-op experience. Yeah, it's it's it gets shit on a lot. Resident Evil Five, not well, not not as much as Six, but but uh, you know, it, it's it's just a fun video game. And yeah, it's not the be- it's not the best Resident Evil story. It's kind of silly. And the the thing that bothered a lot of people with this one was uh, definitely um, veered away more with, with from the uh, zombie stuff. But uh, like same thing with Four. I know there's some fans like I like Sean your friend Sean he does not like four because it completely left the zombie stuff in it 
Yeah, he always makes he always makes one of the 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 guy who sells you shit, the merchant. He always makes one of him. <laughs> Shout out to Sean. But yeah, so Resident Evil Five. Now, me personally, I kind of do prefer like the more survival horror Resident Evil, like two and three, and you know, you, as the series went on, it started to get a little more action oriented, which is fine because you know I do enjoy that. But I just feel like it kind of strayed a little bit farther from its roots. Yeah, but six went way too far. Like that was Resident Evil Michael Bay edition. Yeah, <laughs> everything is exploding in this game. Everything you want. Oh, see that soda can? Well, we're gonna blow it up. The controls got a little tighter as they went on in the series, so that that was one positive. But uh, yeah, I think like and probably Resident Evil Four will be the last one that they remake. They're not gonna do five or six. That's never gonna no, happen. No, no. There's no need. But uh, yeah. So Resident Evil Five. Uh, I don't know what else is there to really say about it. The controls are dated. You get you do get used to it. You know, you got to stand and aim and shoot. You know, you can't walk and run and shoot at the same time. You can't do any of that. That's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, though. Nah, it's just it's just it takes a little bit of getting used to. But once once you get the hang of it, you're you're good to go. I do like the co-op aspects of like being able to trade inventory back and forth. Yeah, that's cool. Six didn't have that at all. You could heal each other with those little tic tacs. Yeah, that's right. We played a couple uh, Resident Evil 6 campaigns. We never did finish it. If you want a good co-op experience, like, I would recommend it. I don't know. If you're, like, a huge Resident Evil fan, like, from the new remakes, like, that's kind of how I jumped on. I would recommend, like, giving it a try. It holds up more than Code Veronica. Oh, God. Yeah, I bought Code Veronica because recently, you know, Capcom was doing a sale. Like, they're always doing a sale, so they had a sale on Xbox, and I bought um, RE4 and... Uh, Code Veronica X. I tried to play Code Veronica X. I did not know that it was like the first two Resident Evils, like or first three, really, like original ones where it's like the tank controls. And it's like so. So I first when it first started, I was like, oh no. <laughs> I know f- people listening would be like, well, Code Veronica has a really good story. I'm a, we're not talking about that. We're talking I'm about sure the controls. Does. I just can't get past the shit camera. And the the controls where it's like it keeps changing the cam- you know you know when you go into a new room the camera changes and you're like walking oh yeah the controls change with it I I can't I just can't handle that with those old Resident Evil games I'm very fickle when it comes to controls and like I have a very hard time going back and playing games that are like just almost unplayable um so it's unfortunate because I was really looking forward to playing that you know I'm getting more into the Resident Evil lore and stuff like that but so I, I gave it like maybe. T- I don't know, 15 minutes. Wow. I gave it more time than that. I think I gave it like an hour. Yeah, like I said, I'm fickle. So if you have played it and you got to the part where you first intro- you first see the dogs, it's like right after you get out of the cemetery part and you go, you f- as soon as the dog started attacking me and I was just sitting there like helpless trying to s- slice them with a knife and I couldn't hit the freaking dogs right at my feet with a knife. I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm done with this game. This is bullshit. And then Resident Evil 4, like, I didn't get very far in that either. I got a little bit farther than Code Veronica X. I'm going to go back and play that. You know, I'm going to put on my list. I'm waiting for the remake because I would love to jump on the remake. And I really would like to play the original, but I just don't think I'm going to be able to finish it because it's just, it does make me a little bit motion sick. Like, the, this, the camera is just oddly floaty. Like, and I don't like how when you move the right stick to look around, if you let go of it, it automatically auto centers 
and it like it's just very disorienting and uh yeah i just i can't play it and i i pre-ordered resident evil village today too by the way i know some people don't like uh pre-ordering but eh, i'm like dude if i know i'm going to buy this 100 percent no matter what why not pre-order it yeah it's like naughty dog game there's just certain games like you like like naughty dog um it's just day one pre-order should you pre-order every game no definitely not but if it's someone if it's from a developer slash publisher you really trust and you love all their other games you know yeah it's fine you know do it i mean sure there's always that risk that you know could turn out to be shit but you know I did like I pre-ordered Cyberpunk and and PS4 and that that turned out swell for me. <laughs> I still haven't played it. <laughs> I'm waiting for the PS5 version. I'm just I'm yeah, not same. even gonna bother with the four or the Xbox One version. That's that's no. It runs like shit on everything. Except you know, on all the consoles. You know, PC runs the best. Um sure it doesn't it doesn't run as bad on, on a PS5, but it, I, I heard it like crashes people's systems regularly. I'm like, nope, I'm good. I'm not putting my PS5 through that. That's fine. Here's the thing. I don't feel bad about giving CD Projekt Red my money. I still don't feel bad about that because I want to support them. I The Witcher 3 is one of my favorite games of all time. Now, what I am sad about is that I have not been able to play Cyberpunk yet because the PS4 version is completely broken and unplayable. You know, I hope CD Projekt Red learns their lesson from all this, but, you know, they just announced they had, like, record sales despite all the refunds and all that, so who knows? What was it, over 13 million or, so, or over 15 million or something like that? And yeah, I, it, it recently came out that they only refunded 30,000 copies. But, you know, sometimes pre-ordering bites you in the ass, but for the most part, I think if you're for sure you're going to get a game regardless and you want to support the developer... You know, I don't see any problem with pre-ordering. Like if you buy it, Call you know? of Duty every year, you might as well just pre-order it. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to play it anyway. I mean, you know. You'll get a few bonuses out of it, you know? So is there anything else you've been playing, Mike? Yeah, there's others. There's a f- few other games. Um, I'm only going to mention one. The other two just started them, so I'm going to save it for uh, our next episode. But uh, I finished Outriders because I downloaded it off of Game Pass and... Uh, you know, when I first started playing it, I was not liking it at all. Well, actually, when I first downloaded it, like the game was completely unplayable because the servers were horrible. Yeah. Like, like you couldn't connect, and when you were, when you were able to connect, like the game ran like ass, and uh, I was experiencing all sorts of problems. Like uh, uh, the audio and the cutscenes was so choppy and horrible. Like it was just. Oh, and uh, 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 I'm like, oh no! I was like, I I thought it was the the game itself doing that, but apparently it was just the servers. Um, yeah, it was the servers. I think for the first like few days, like everybody was experiencing that until they patched it. Yeah, so once they fixed all that, you know, the game's is, uh, has had no issues at all. That's good. It, you know, at first I wasn't really too crazy about the game, but the more and more I played it, I really started to dig it. I, I it hooked me in. And, um. You know, it's, it's it's similar to games like, you know, Destiny and The Division, which I played and beat those, but I wasn't really crazy about them. But this is the, but this, I mean, but this one um really uh, spoke to me. I don't, I don't know. I think it's a lot more single player focused, but I know you can play this with other people, but uh, this one seems to be a lot more focused on playing it by yourself more than uh, Destiny and The Division, <clears throat> because when you play those by yourself, it feels empty. It feels like something's missing. But in this game, it's it's a complete package if you decide to go solo. So if you decide to play this game and, and you're and it's not 
and it's not really clicking with you, give it a little bit more time. I really uh, do think uh, it's gonna you're gonna warm up to it. You know, the more time you put into it. Yeah, I wasn't really interested in this game before, but I've just been hearing so many good things about it that I think I might actually check it out eventually. Like at the very least, it, it'd be a good podcast game if you don't care about the story. I think because the gameplay's fun. It's it's really good. Um, at first, I wasn't crazy about it because I think I still think the cover system's a little weird, but you really don't use it too much because the game really wants you to run around. Uh, the only time you really take covers if you need like a breather for a few seconds, and then you just get right back out there and running around shooting shit. I definitely recommend it to anybody who uh, likes uh, Destiny and Division because in some ways I think I do think it's better than those games. Yeah, the uh, the gameplay loop is, I think, what would draw me into it. And I have no excuse not to try it because it is on Game Pass. So it's still selling well too, even though it's on Game Pass. Like it's was is it in it? the uh, yeah, it was in like the top five or something or ten. Wow, that's pretty amazing, actually. Like this game is really hitting for a lot of people. I I, I did not expect this at all. It's actually one of my favorite games this year so far. Cool, cool. So I, I have another game actually I've been playing that I just started, and it's um, Alice Madness Returns. Oh, you're playing that? Oh shit! Yeah. That's have that's a really this? good game. Yeah, I beat that. Oh, you did? Awesome! So I can talk a little bit about. It's a it. great horror game. I'm so shocked how good this game still holds up because it came out in like 2011, I believe. So it's like 10 years old. So I in, included, and this was also, I believe it was on Game Pass. So, yeah, no, it's EA Play, which is included with Game Pass. So I had been kind of interested in it for a while. And so I just was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. And uh, so the original Alice game is on there too, American McGee's Alice. And that was from like 2000, I believe. So I was like, okay, I'll start this first, you know, play them in order. So I played a little bit of that and I was like, Oh no, I can't. I can't continue this. This this is just too rudimentary. It it just doesn't hold up very well. So I was like, no, I gave up on that pretty early. So I started up, you know, Alice Madness Returns, which is the sequel. You know, it came out in 2011, like I said. So it's 11 years after the original. And wow, dude, this game is like totally different than the original. Like it's so much better. A lot of it actually reminds me of like BioShock, like BioShock Infinite. I can see that. Yeah, definitely. There's like the one place, especially now that I'm in, is um the Mad Hatters area, where it's like, it's literally like uh, Columbia. It's like a floating, like all this like steampunk, like all these mechanical gears and shit, like this floating little like cities and stuff. Like, yeah. And of course you play as like Alice, which she has like the dark hair and like that. She looks a little bit like Elizabeth from Bioshock Infinite. But um, yeah, no, this game still plays really well, man. Like it's... The, the gameplay mechanics, are they do lots of cool things. Like, you have a lot of cool weapons and abilities. Yeah, it just, it plays really well. I mean, the graphics are, like, you know, they're pretty good for the time. Like, I think, uh, like, the how they imagined um, Wonderland is, it's a twisted version of Wonderland. Very dark and disturbing. Yeah, uh, very game, dark. No? Like, it's, it's, this game is very adult. Isn't she holding like a kitchen knife on the box art? Yeah, yeah, like a. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that says that says it all right there. Yeah, I was surprised that like the uh, like the, this this one part where like this guy was yelling up to this woman and saying like like whore and like just all these like the worst things in that, and I was like, wow, okay. Not the Alice in Wonderland you're gonna be th- th- that you're thinking of when you're playing this game. Yeah. No, yeah. 
Cause like it bounces back and forth. Cause there's like the, you're, the main setting is where you're in like actual, what would it be like 1800s, like late 1800s. I don't know the exact, it's like yeah, the 19th century, but, um, so you're in like London, like, and I don't know quite where the story is going, but I found it interesting that one of the street, the streets I encountered was like white chapel. Cause if you know anything about that, that's, um, Jack the Ripper. So I wonder if the, I have theories about things, but I'm not going to really say that. So, uh, so yeah, that's like your actual, like you are Alice and you're kind of going through like recovering from this mental break that you had, uh, cause her parents like died in a house fire. And so she's been like in an insane asylum for like years and she's like trying to recover and stuff like that. So you're in this like a uh, recovery house with this doctor who's like helping you. So you like wander out onto the street and stuff like that. And, and then there's like, you know, times where you're out in the street where you will get like knocked out or something happens and you'll kind of go into like her, her mind, which is Wonderland. She'll go into Wonderland. And then that's where it's like this dark twisted version. Cause it's basically like her, her, her PTSD brain is like twisting her Wonderland. So it's like a really cool concept. And, um, yeah, I just, I'm loving everything about it so far. If there's any Alice in Wonderland fan out there who's been wanting a video game, I mean, I mean, a new video game. This is probably the the, the next best thing you're going to get. I know it's a horror-themed game. Very dark, very disturbing. It's violent. Man, this was the time when EA was really pumping out some solid single-player games. Yeah, they were taking taking a lot more risks. This is one that you shouldn't pass. Don't don't just look at it when you're looking at your uh, game pass and be like, eh, old EA game, Alice in Wonderland. No, no, just, just go play it. Trust me. It's not what you think. I would say just skip the original because it's... No, don't play that. that that's a waste yeah, of time. Yeah, just forget about that. It's it's too old. It's Just go right to Madness Returns. And like, yeah, I, I would be surprised if you're not hooked very early on. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, we'll wrap up this um, what we're playing segment. And we'll just move on to Surprise Mechanics, uh, which, as I mentioned earlier in the show, is where me and Mike will both present uh something we'll bring something to the table it could be like anything it literally as far as our imagination goes like you know could be we'll make up a game a poll trivia a story interesting article like just whatever the hell we want and we'll just surprise each other with it so uh so yeah we'll just go right into that so mike what is your surprise mechanic all right jack i'm going to put you in a hypothetical situation you're on a passenger plane. Both the pilots, well, they, they pass out. Oh, no. I don't, I don't like where this is going. There's no pilot in the back of the plane, like, ready to go. Both pilots are out. So, stewardess, they come, they come to the back. All right, we need somebody to just jump in the seat. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Everybody else, they're chicken shit. They don't want to do it. So, you step up, but you're going to sit in the cockpit. I guess maybe the stewardess is going to sit there with you. Now, do you think with communication with the tower, with a bunch of experienced veteran pilots helping you out, do you think you can land the plane? <laughs> do you think it's possible in that situation that someone could land it if they have the proper people talking to them in the headset? you think you could do it, though? Yeah. Is it possible? Yes. Is it possible with me? Bro, have you seen? You've played flying games with me. That that plane's crashing. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just. 
I think I can get it get it on the ground, but it's uh, we're definitely going to crash. Lining it up on the runway, that's going to be the problem. And yes, they're going to give you the right coordinates and all of this, and they're going to tell you like when you're in the right location and keep going this distance and all. De- decreasing speed, that's going to be a problem when you're landing the plane. I'll tell you one thing. I'll, I'll have wished that I have pl- had played Microsoft Flight Simulator before this. Um, at what, what likely would happen is, because look, you got to take into account a lot of things, like your adrenaline for one. I, I don't know if you ever had your adrenaline spike, but you're panicking. Your, your fight or flight, no pun intended, response kicks in, and it could go either way. You could really step up to the plate, or you could just totally freak out and just freeze up. Oh, boy. I've only flown... Well, I've flown twice in my life, but really only once, because the first time I was like two years old and don't remember. Second time was in 05 when I flew to Florida to go to Universal Studios. Yeah, I'm not that familiar with planes. I'd certainly give it my best shot, but you know what would likely happen is I would probably accidentally do a barrel roll like into a building or something. I, I, I mean, to make you feel a little bit more comfortable, the plane is on like an autopilot, like it's flying straight before you, so you can get you can get settled in before they they tell you to turn it off. It's kind of like the air, the airplane movie. Oh yeah, just like that, just like that. Just Mike. you're not a pilot. You don't have a crazy uh, bunch of people in the back of the plane. Yeah. I've got the blow up co-pilot who's like trying to molest me as i'm trying to land this plane yeah so it can't be easy because we're making it out to be like oh you know you just follow instructions but clearly like pilots have to go through extensive training to and you're not just talking about like a a small plane you're talking about a giant passenger plane yeah big boeing yeah one of those kind of planes but i know we can keep it in the air you just got to keep the thing to stick to stick steady and then they're going to just tell you to look at the altitude and all these other things and stuff I, i think we could keep it in the air for at least a while. Oh, oh, Mike, you know what? I just forgot, dude. I loved the game Pilot Wings for Super Nintendo and N64. I used to play it all the time. So I think that's probably qualification enough. I think I could land this thing. What I would do is once I got up to the cockpit, I would get up on the PA system, right? The, the pilot talks to the people in the back, <clears throat> and I would say something like, all right, guys, so here's the situation. Both pilots are unconscious, so somebody's got to fly this plane. They chose me because I played a lot of pilot wings back in the day, and I've also played some Star Wars flying games. So if if that startles you, then you're probably a sane person because it should startle you because holy fucking shit, we're all going to die. If you pray to a god, pray to him right now. Because we're going down. This is your pilot signing off forever. If we're definitely going down, then I'm going to have to find a place to crash it where there's nobody. True. So, I don't know. Is it smart to crash in the water, like in the ocean? Because I think they have rafts. Yes, that's probably what they would tell you to do. If they've come to the conclusion that nobody on that plane is going to land this thing, then they're going to be like, okay, fly in this direction and just hit the water. I think that's probably what they tell you to that's do. That's a little more feasible because now we're talking about I don't have to perfectly land this thing on a runway. I can just try to even it out as much as possible before we hit the water and just kind of like skid the water a little bit. Just enough so we don't blow up. You might take off like the, the wheels and shit 
I don't even know if he'd put the wheels down because like if you're landing in the water, like why bother? No, 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 no. You don't want you don't want water, extra water coming in. You would that those areas would be shut off. So yeah, it'd probably like rip the bottom of the plane off. Now that yeah, I could probably land it in the water. Now I don't know how to swim that well, so but I think they have like life vests and rafts and things like they that. They do. So yeah, because now that I'm thinking about it, I remember the the that Sully guy who landed in the Hudson River. That's right. Yeah, he's a hero. Yeah. So I'd be a goddamn hero. He was a pilot, though. I want to point that eh, out. Like, I that played was pilot, pilot wings, Mike. Look, I got this shit. I got this shit. You're really building my confidence up now. I think I need to play some Star Wars Squadrons in case this ever does happen. And Microsoft Flight Simulator. That'd probably be the better one to play, actually. But anyways, that was my st- that was my uh, little surprise. Yeah, that was so, a good uh, one. I like that. That was a fun conversation. But yeah, uh, what's your uh, surprise mechanic, Jacques? What, what do you got this week? I've got a little more of a lighthearted, fun surprise mechanic. So this is basically just going to be a, like, I'll give you three different things and you can you can pick one. It's going to be Mario related. All right, so taking three different powers from the game, you can choose any one of these powers, but each one has a trade-off that's negative. Hmm. So well, first you can, if you choose the superstar power, which makes you invincible, you can have that, but... Upon activation, each time, you'll get a random spoiler from a movie, a video game, name it, any kind of entertainment. And it doesn't necessarily have to be pertaining to your interests, but it'll just be like a random spoiler. So it could be something you don't care about, but it could also be something like the next God of War. So you take a roll of the dice, and that's every time you activate the power, you get a random spoiler. I don't even want that ability because it's, <laughs> when you activate it, like everything's taking damage around you. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to be just flashing. And then, wait. So does the music play too? When it when I go. Oh yeah, of on? course. Yeah. Dun, 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 so you're dun, just dun, probably dun, like okay, you could be that's... walking to the fridge to get a drink, and you just like destroy your cat for some accidental. I can't. I can't activate it. Like, does it just randomly pop up? No, no. You you get to activate it when you want. It would be useful like someone ever holds you up and they they have a gun, like just activate the power, but then that'll be the power that the time where like you just get a God of War two spoiler <laughs> like yeah see I'm not see, you're no, like I fuck I would rather that. would have gotten shot <laughs> my last dying breath to be like oh, at least I don't know what the spoiler well I guess I'll never know <laughs> <laughs> okay so let me get to the other two because you still have to pick just one. So, and the second one is you can have the the fire flower power, you know, where you eat the flower, you get to throw fireballs. Mm-hmm. But every time you throw a fireball, half of your body falls asleep. <laughs> and it just, the, the intensity gets worse the more you're using the fireballs in succession. So far, I'll take this one over the star. The third one is you can have the, the cape feather power, which gives you a cape and the ability to fly but every time you fly a killer eagle is chasing you and once you land it stops chasing you but if you're in the air the killer eagle is chasing you and is trying to kill you yeah no hell with that i'm going with the fire one because at least with the fire one like i i probably will never use it except for extremely rare dangerous situations I don't. I can't think of a situation right now where I would need it, but you know, I guess you know, a, a burglar or something. I'd be like, he comes in, man, boom, throwing a fireball right in his face. 
just incinerate him. <laughs> Try to explain that to the police. They'd be explaining to the cops, like, yeah, you know, he was trying to rob me, and I, uh, you know, it's a standard ground state, so I just threw a fireball in his face and incinerated him. You know, it's fair game. Dude, if somebody's coming in your house, man, it's fair game. They know the risks. I'm going to throw a fireball right at them. I'm not even going to hesitate. I know half my body's going to fall asleep, but it's, you know, in those situations, you got to do what you got to do. I I think I would probably pick the superstar power because you're probably not going to use it that often. Like, spoilers are so prevalent on the internet already. Like, I've been accidentally spoiled, so I've become accustomed to it. But if I could get, like, invincibility powers and basically turn into, like, Captain Marvel with, like, my body changing all different color lights and stuff, I think that would be pretty awesome. See, this just goes to show you how much I hate spoilers. I'd rather have my body go numb. Yeah, (laughs) I figured you wouldn't pick that one. Like, Like, flight is cool, like having a cape and being able to fly, but... Like, I don't think I want a killer eagle chasing me, because that would be terrifying, like, every time you're flying. You'd be, like, you activate it, like, and then you go flying, then you hear you hear it screech from the distance, you know it's coming. <laughs> it's like Songbird from Bioshock Infinite. Until the eagle just comes out of nowhere. It just randomly spawns in, our, in the world. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And you can fly fast, too, so, like, you might be able to outrun it. By the way, it's like against the law to kill an eagle, exactly, and, or um, or even mess with the feathers yeah. and stuff like anything. So there's so. no way to escape it unless just landing. You just have to outrun it. But you know, eagles are vicious, man. Those larger birds. Oh my god, I would not want to mess with one of those. Like I, I've seen, there's these certain hawks that I forget. It's like a certain uh, people. It might be in Siberia or somewhere. It's like a cold climate, but they have like these hawks trained. And they land on their arm and they can either actually, they can be um, instructed to do things. Like I saw one kill a wolf, I believe. That's why. Yeah, it actually just swooped down and fucking killed a wolf. That's how crazy these fucks are. Yeah, they don't give a shit. They'll go after bears. They don't give a shit. And, and the fact that they have the wings and they can just fly away, it's like they're hard to catch, so. And then you see those videos of it trying to pick up like a baby child and shit. I'm like, holy moly, they'll take anything. I think that would be the one I would least want to take. Yeah, I don't know. I want to fly, but not. I don't even think it's really flying in Mario. It's more like a really long glide. I don't think it's straight up flying with that thing. Yeah, it's like you can kind of like fly up and then you for you can kind of like billow your cape out and kind of like glide for a while. Yeah, but for the purpose of this question, I'm just saying you can straight up just fly for like infinite amounts of time or and uh so yeah that that was our surprise mechanics uh, i hope everybody liked that i certainly enjoyed it but uh yeah that's uh i think we're pretty much done i think it was a pretty good first episode overall wouldn't you yes. say if there are if a lot of you actually stayed and listened to this entire podcast then i love you you know thank you so much for doing that <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Thanks if you listen to the whole thing. If you just listen to a little bit, thanks as well. Uh, we hope you give us a chance and stay and maybe subscribe. That would be awesome. Um, if you even want to go as far as to like rate us on your platform of choice, we would really appreciate that. Uh, I'm not going to beg you, but it would be appreciated. And um, yeah, I guess I'll just go ahead and plug our socials right now. Uh, like I said, at the top of the podcast, we're on Instagram and Twitter for now. We're at Boundless Gamers. Uh, I don't know if we'll branch out further until like, I was thinking about maybe doing a Facebook, 
I don't really think I'll update it much, but I'll, I just want like that there so I can kind of, you know, share that whenever we post something, you know. So maybe I'll get on creating that. But um, yeah, other than that, uh, I want to also want to tell you to go visit Misinfected on Instagram and Twitter who did Definitely. our art. Her art is amazing. and uh, Just check out her Instagram feed. Just keep scrolling. Some of the shit she's come up with uh, is amazing and uh, even indy uh, is getting into some of uh, his own stuff too he does a lot of, does some paintings and other things uh it's very artistic geeky couple i i plug indy's instagram but i don't remember what it is sorry bud <laughs> maybe next time we'll plug that if you get that but yeah they're uh they're both super talented so go check out misinfected yeah, I think that's pretty much it, Mike. I think we'll just uh, end this thing right now. So, uh, you know, this has been the Boundless Gamers Podcast, and we will see you all next episode. I'm Jacques, and he is Mike, and we're out. Out where? Out to lunch. Out of our minds. Out of our minds? <laughs> or we're, oh, we're leaving, so the podcast, I don't know, whatever. It's one thirty in the morning, people. I, I, my brain is dead. <laughs>